over from uh, COVID-19 um, from uh, before the break for the news, before nine o'clock. Uh, <clears throat> so this one from Alonso says, uh, like many, if not most Hong Kongers, I'm still struggling to understand the rationale for the proposed compulsory universal testing. Even the uh, government vaccine advisor, Professor Ivan Hung, whom you quoted in your news summary this morning, has cast doubt about the benefits of such a programme. As we all know, the government's official daily COVID numbers are just a fraction of the true number. This is because tens, probably hundreds of thousands of infected locals who are suffering mild symptoms have chosen to self-isolate at home rather than run the risk of being sent to the government isolation facilities like Penny's Bay. Hence, as Professor Hung points out, by the time the government rolls out its CUT later this month, over one million locals will likely have been infected. Couple this number with our surging vaccination rate, which already stands at almost 90% for first shots and has also thankfully jumped sharply in recent days for the elderly groups, Hong Kong could finally attain a level of herd immunity in the next few weeks. The bottom line is that the proposed uh, CUT programme is coming far too late and will serve no purpose. Indeed, by forcing large crowds of people to congregate in confined spaces, the exercise could actually help spread infection, while any related partial lockdown will only further damage our struggling economy. CUT will be redundant and costly exercise and should be abandoned. Um, Phil says, surely if you do mass testing, it would be a good opportunity to identify those not vaccinated and then get them jabbed, just to set up vaccination stations at testing centres. Uh, Saki writes, uh, don't forget all those people working in the cleaning industry. That's absolutely essential to keep them working. Now is the time to show appreciation for those essential workers and give them decent pay, proper occupational health and safety standards and personal protective equipment and uh, fine uh, uh, and fine bosses of companies who underpay and compromise in safety in the cleaning and hygiene industry. And Nick says, uh, what is planned after the mass testing and isolation? COVID will not be completely banished, so it will spread again. What happens then? Okay. Well, thank you very much uh, to everybody uh, who's written in to um, back chat and COVID update so far. Um, we're now uh, going to talk about uh, the proposed new law that would allow commercial rent payments to be delayed for up to six months. Um, we're joined on the line by Danny Lau, Honorary Chairman of the Hong Kong Small and Medium Enterprises Association, and Hannah Jung, uh, Head of Valuation Advisory at the commercial real estate services company Colliers. Um, um, good morning to you both. Perhaps, um, um, Hannah Jung, if we could uh, ask you first, because uh, uh, your company represents uh, both uh, landlords and tenants, uh, doesn't it? So, so where do you stand on this proposal? I think, um, yeah, both have a different feelings right now. So some landlords, for example, like MTR or Linkrit, even Swire, they've been already offering concessions to those affected tenants within their shopping malls. And like Linkrit, they mentioned that they're running 120 million worth of scheme for help their tenants because many of their tenants are like SMEs or local brands. So. To landlords, some certain landlords, it's not something very new. They are saying, oh, we're already doing it, or we are actually doing more than what government is asking. But 
there's a still confusion from the landlord that whether this scheme, if it become a compulsory, whether it, it will be applicable for those sector affected by pandemic, regardless their business size. Because, for example, there is a hair salon or there is a beauty shop, and that's run by a very big cosmetic brand. And will that be still applicable for this kind of scheme? So that that's the confusion. How what will be the boundary? So government hasn't really put those their thoughts properly. So there is a confusion right now. Pandemic feels relatively positive on this scheme, although government uh, doesn't mean that you don't pay the rent up to six months. Government team is more saying you can delay the payment and uh, landlord cannot kick you out. That's the intention here. But still, the message to the tenant is more positive, and they feel that okay, government intention is encouraging landlord to bear the pain together. So we see different uh, mixture of feelings right now. Right, uh, but but you know you just mentioned that yes, this is only a delayed payment. Mm-hmm. But you know what what happens after the next three to six months? Do you think that landlord will um, decide to chase uh, you know the back pay, the back back rental uh, from the tenants mm. eventually? I think I think so because that's the obligation. Of course, landlord will consider. Oh, you you have closed down your business for. Like half of this period, I I, I I waive that rental, that landlord decision. But I think based on the tenancy agreement, it's an obligation by tenant to pay their rent to stay within premises. So I think six months waiver uh, is not really waiver. It's just delay payment. It will affect the cash flow of landlord. But I think landlord can still chase for the, the bad debt. Okay, uh, Danny Lau of the uh, Small and Medium Enterprises Association. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning, so, everyone. So what, what was your response to this proposal? <coughs> uh, well, um, only a very small number of, uh, of our members, uh, they're happy with uh, this uh, change because they don't have uh, to worry about paying the rent immediately, especially for those who want to keep their business running. However, the, uh, they, they have to, to settle the, the rent after three or, or six months later. Uh, this will definitely increase the, the debt in future. It's uh, only delay the payment, not waive or, or any, any reduction in rent. So they would prefer to have the the reduction on rent or, or uh, waive of rent, rent-free for a few months. That's what they feel. Um, and what about uh, landlords? You know, m- maybe maybe smaller landlords who don't have huge cash reserves, uh, wouldn't they then be put in a disadvantageous position if the tenants were uh, allowed uh, to have a, a, a rent waiver for several uh, months? They own properties and they rent out to to the SMEs. I understand. Yeah, they they also face this uh, immediate problem if the law is uh, enforced. Uh, because some of them they ha- they still have to to pay the loan uh, to the bank, and uh, if uh, once they they stop uh, having having the rent. 
then they 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 will be in trouble. Mm. Uh, the the latest development, the, the financial secretary Paul Chan, who uh, came up with this proposal in his budget last week, uh, he's now saying that the government will guarantee loans of up to a hundred thousand dollars for uh, struggling small landlords, and will also uh, prevent banks from trying to collect on their debts uh, uh, for a specific time. Um, is that going to help the situation? Very little, you know, hundred thousand. Maybe only only for for half a, of a month rent or uh, uh, a month rent. It doesn't help the the landlord to uh, to carry on his uh, his or her operations. So, very uh, really to help, I I would prefer not not to have this this law. Uh, so this law is actually across the board, uh, Danny Lau, um, uh, but uh, I, I do understand that uh, different sectors are affected uh, in different ways. Um, yeah. Of your members, or all the SMEs in Hong Kong, which sectors have been hurt the most uh, in the last few months? Definitely the, the tourism industry. They, they really, for the past two years, they really have uh, zero income. And uh, the others... Uh, <clears throat> some of them, they they were in operation from time to time, <clears throat> but for for this uh, fifth wave, it's uh, it's a uh, very uh, I would say serious hurt for for those uh, uh, called to stop their business. Uh, it's uh, about. 20, 21 industries are called to stop by the by the government. Uh, they are they they have um, some of them they have zero income uh, for the past uh, 30, 35, 40 days, and they they are called to stop for another 40 days until 20th of uh, April. So they again they have still income and they they still have to pay the rent, the the staff uh, salary and some admin costs. So they they are suffering at the moment. Uh, industry something like the uh, the beauty shops, barber shops, and uh, quite a number of uh, some 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 other. Some other, uh, like like the uh, banquet restaurants, bars, uh, gym room, even gym rooms, and also the uh, the income for the taxi driver, they also uh, are being reduced their income. So a lot of uh, industries are affected uh, from this fifth wave. Uh, Hannah Jung, um, mm -hmm. this this. Um uh, guarantee uh, guaranteed loans of up to a hundred thousand dollars for struggling uh, small landlords. Uh, what's been the response to that uh, that you know of? I think it's um, the, the impact on this subsidies. The subsidies are not very big, but I think if it's the bank can be more flexible in terms of collecting their interest, I think that will help at least the small landlords because. You can think about it. If you have a hundred million dollar um, shop on on the street, and your your loan amount could be half of that, 
and you pay interest rate say two point five percent, then you need to pay interest hundred thousand per month. Um, the rent generally like say two percent yield, so the rent would be around hundred seventy thousand. So if there's a waiver or the interest deferred payment, that at least help the cash flow of a small tenant, except small landlord. The big landlord, it doesn't really matter because their their gearing is so low; they they have not much loan on their hands, so it, it, it will not really affect their cash flow. They have a reserved cash, but I think it will at least when bank is more flexible, it will help the smaller landlord. And I think uh, recently you can see those are very expensive street like um, Canton Road or Russell Street that used to be occupied by. Expensive brand or um, jewelry, etc. Right now, these these are not doing good. So they have been changed to F and B, or they have been changed to temporary mask shop or some electronic goods shop. So they, they, those whole tendency already changed, and um, this definitely help their their cash flow going forward. Um, that the government is saying that um, um, you know this law is actually. Uh, Quite okay for both the landlord and the tenant because on the uh, on the part of the landlord, you still have the tenant there, although um, you know they are not paying the rent just yet, and um, and then for the uh, tenant, you know they can have these uh, the two the three months uh, uh, so time to uh, to get their business back together and to ride through this difficult period together. Do you think this is a win-win situation, Hannah Jung? I, yeah, to me personally, I think this is a win-win situation. But I think what landlords thinking is, we, I mean, when there is a difficult time, both tenant and landlord will agree certain point. Maybe it will be more than six months concession, right? So there is a flexibility between two parties to arrive at the um, right amount or right settlement. But now, if it is imposed by law that, or you can delay the payment six months. Um, and then I, I cannot kick you out, then the landlord's position becomes very weak. I think that's what they worry, uh, why government need to inter- interfere in this kind of a regime. Why then let them handle by two parties a uh, more flexible way? So I think that's, uh, that's a pros and cons, but I think generally this will help because you can't imagine there are many landlords in the market they are also struggling, right? So they want to collect the rent as much as possible under this situation, despite they understand that a tenant may not doing any business right now. So I think at least this law will enforce both parties to think about how to survive together under this period. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, the government is saying that they are these uh, sort of hardline landlords who, who refuse to negotiate. Mm-hmm. Now, I do uh, notice that we have got lots of vacant spaces, whether it's inside a commercial building or whether it's a, a ground floor shop front, and you will see hoarding uh, going up everywhere. So, uh, what is on the landlord's mind uh, when they see a tenant leaving, not renewing their tenancy, and then they have to hoard up, you know, the shop front? Mm-hmm. Um, to, uh, I, and I know that a lot of landlords um, prefer to leave that shop space vacant rather than mm-hmm. rent it out, you know, on, on a concessionary rent basis. Mm-hmm. Why, why is that? I think it has been changed. Yes, you're right. Like in nine, 2019 or 2018 when the market was a peak, 
when when we entered the social unrest period, that was our first time we faced recession. And then 2020, we started COVID. At that moment, still, Leno were very strong positions. And、uh, I I rather leave it because they were they used to charge say one million dollar rental. And then, because of this pandemic or early stage of a pandemic, they if they discount by half, they worry that once the market recovers, they cannot go back to one million. So they rather put empty. And a lot of the street shop landlords, they've been they've been holding those shops a very long time. So they technically they do not have any liability. They don't have a loan. So they have a cash power to not not handle those discounted rents. Now we are pandemic third year, and、uh, people position change. I think that's why you can see landlords are more acceptable, and they are willing to even rent out to pop-up store selling masks or very temporary shops to at least get some cash out of it. So it's gradually changing, but yes, historically Hong Kong landlords were much much strong, even if individual landlords. And、um, that was the reason. And also another part is that many institutional players having a, a podium or shops in Hong Kong, and their book they can't really go down below their reserved rental expectations. So if they don't, if they don't rent out, and they can say the story that oh, I'm waiting the right rent coming in, and that should be the market rent. So that they they have to do that way, otherwise they will get penalty or they they get criticized by the investors. But now I think a lot of investors understand the market will take longer to recover, especially on the retail side. And at this moment, we don't know when border will reopen, so that people are landlords are more acceptable at this moment. Uh, Danny Lau, the、uh, financial、mm. secretary, is encouraging、uh, landlords and tenants to negotiate、uh, so that、uh, everybody can continue.、Um, do you see much evidence of cooperation between tenants and landlords? Yes,、uh, some uh, small landlords they are willing to、uh, reduce their rents and、uh, to in order to sustain the. Uh, relationship between the landlord and the tenant,、uh, but for the big、uh, landlords, they they are not willing to do so because they they got a long list, wait, waiting list,、uh, in order to get into the the mall. So uh, some of them uh, negotiation works, some of them don't. Yeah. Um, what, what, what about、um, you know the, the government's other measures like the ten thousand dollar consumption voucher? Would that benefit、um, some of your members, the SMEs?、Uh, I I thought about the effect as to the poor people. This is、uh, life saving money, but for the the middle class, ten thousand is not a big sum. For the rich, it's、uh, small money. For the poor, ten thousand is not enough. If the pandemic continues and、uh, they don't have、uh, income or their income being cut,、uh, for the middle class and the rich,、uh, they have、uh, either no chance to spend, like all the shops are closing, restaurants closing, so they don't have、uh, chance to spend the money, or no mood to spend. All the parties are cut. They don't need the、uh, new suits. They don't need、uh, this kind of thing. So,、uh, 
Um, they they have to make uh, they they may forget the additional ten thousand in in few months time. So if you spend the money in in the normal way, it's not going to boost the the business uh, or the economy. We need extra spending to boost, right? So uh, I I don't I don't see that the effect will be there. But, but I see spending here and there, but they are done online, as you know, uh, that, you know, online shopping is now the trend. <laughs> and, and not, not many people are uh, doing online, but for example, myself, never, never done online uh, shopping. So, and, and a lot of uh, other, other uh, people I know, very, very small number, they are doing online shopping, yeah. Especially those youngsters. Oh, okay. Uh, but 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 uh, you you do believe that um, you know we do need a face to face contact uh, for our service economy and also retail economy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so that we we have to come back to the community to 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 spend. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my my my, my way to to shop. I have to see the the the, the actual actual product before I, I decided to, to make the purchase. Um, Hannah Zhang, um, hey. do, do, do you think that uh, the real estate, uh, pe- people look at real estate uh, differently now globally. I've read uh, from McKinsey and other places that um, uh, people are so used to doing things online um, that, um, for example, the, uh, the need for a bigger office space uh, might be reduced, and um, so shops um, will still need the shop fronts, but perhaps uh, fewer branches, because um, you know they they can actually sell their products online and deliver to uh, the customers' homes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think online will replace offline. Offline is also a very important uh, revenue source and also marketing purpose for a lot of retail brands. So they will coexist. But of course, the revenue from online gives a higher margin to the retailer, and that that can grow very fast. So that that will be the trend. Um, you won't able to see those flagship shops anymore. They don't need that kind of a big shop. Like you can see, Queen's Road Central, there was Adidas, and they closed down now. Changed to Hang Seng Bank. Uh, Victoria's Secret moved out a long time ago in Causeway Bay. We won't really see this kind of a, like three to four story flagship shop anymore. It won't be necessary for a lot of the brands. So yes, shop size will be used and then they will increase the warehouse space because they can store a lot of the goods and then do online sales at the same time. So that that will be the big trend. Yes, I don't think um, the shops will require big um, spaces anymore. And even FMB, when you see this pandemic period, we I'm, I'm ordering um, those food every lunch and dinner right now. Um, those restaurants I checked, some are not even existing as a shop, but they have some kind of a, um, a flat or a factory they rent it out, and they're doing kitchen over there. So this will be another trend. FMB, if they want to do more uh, delivery services, they not necessarily have a ground floor shop, which can be very um, periodic because only within two hours lunch time and within two hours dinner time are popular, but they they. They pay huge rent. They don't need to do that. They are moving up there or they're going to the industrial building to do the central kitchen. So I think these are the trends we will face.
Okay, a, a couple of emails from listeners uh, just quickly. Uh, Amanda says, uh, under this moratorium, uh, while it helps uh, prevent tenants from being kicked out, tenants still face, sorry, tenants still need to face a big bill at the end of the three to six months period. Also, tenants will face a hefty interest uh, payment. Surely waiving interest and rent-free will be more practical in helping companies to survive and to preserve jobs. And, uh, and then John says uh, the property expert is forgetting that uh, landlords get a nice tax break whether the unit is empty or occupied. Uh, uh, Hannah Jo? Yeah, I think that's right. I think ultimately the best tool will be really if the if landlord knows the shop has been closed down and they've been zero business, I think this rather makes sense give it some rent free rental waiver, I think that will definitely help them with the tenant because if you, like same as me, like I send my kids to school and then I pay the tuition, but my kid doesn't go to school, why do I pay the tuition, right? That, that's the same thinking. So that will help definitely. And I think landlords are thinking more positively right now uh, um, to help the tenant. They are on the same boat. And as I mentioned, the landlords are not strong anymore. So even is the lower rent, as long as they're the tenant, they're willing to accept, and that that will shift to this uh, dynamic. Okay. Okay. And I think uh, tax break, yes, but I don't think that's the biggest thing for the landlord. I think they they were just having a very strong position previously. Now I think it's changing. Well, thank you both uh, very much for speaking to us on the programme this morning. That was uh, Hannah Jong, Head of Valuation Advisory at the commercial real estate services company Colliers. And thanks very much to Danny Lau, Honorary Chairman of the Hong Kong Small and Medium Enterprises Association. Uh, we've just got a, a minute or so uh, left at uh, the end of this morning's back chat. Um, just going to return to uh, the COVID and testing uh, issue. There's a, a lively debate going on on our Facebook page uh, at the moment, uh, various people joining in, uh, talking about uh, testing and uh, home kits and so on. That is, uh, that's uh, back chat on RTHK Radio 3, our Facebook page. Uh, a couple of emails uh, before we finish. Uh, so, um, MH says, uh, hi, since there will be an imposition of testing in Hong Kong, why not make it compulsory vaccination instead? And Andrew says, uh, might it be a good idea to offer quick training to currently unemployed Hong Kongers, for example, from the restaurant, bar and other closed at restricted business areas, to do elderly caring rather than automatically bringing in from outside Hong Kong? Um, thank you very much to everybody who wrote in and uh, thanks to our listeners and thanks very much to you, Ada. Thank you, Jim. And a quick look at the weather before we go to the news summary and morning brew. It's going to be uh, mainly cloudy today, uh, w but warm with sunny periods. Uh, top temperature will be around uh, 25 degrees and the outlook uh, mild with sunny intervals in the next few days. Uh, one or two mist patches in the mornings and at night. Uh, cloudier with light rain on Thursday. It's currently 21 degrees, humidity 76%. With the Stay Home Safe scheme, epidemic prevention resources can be reserved for the needy, and we can protect our healthcare system. If you are suitable for home quarantine, stay home at all times during the quarantine period, monitor your health condition, conduct regular tests, and observe the home quarantine guidelines. 
Call the hotline 1-833-019 if you need help. Let's do our part. With our concerted efforts, Hong Kong will overcome the epidemic. The new summary with Andrew Shirovsky. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has appealed to people to stay calm after talk of an imminent hard lockdown led to panic buying at supermarkets. She said the government was still assessing whether the public should be banned from leaving their homes during the mass testing later this month. The English Schools Foundation says forcing its schools to take an early summer break would have had a significant impact on its learning and the ability to start a new academic year on time in August. Its chief executive, Belinda Greer, was commenting after officials announced yesterday that international schools would not have to follow local schools in starting the summer break this month. And overseas, the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, has said that the Russian bombardment of Kharkiv amounts to a war crime. Mr. Zelensky said there were eyewitness accounts of civilians being deliberately targeted. That's the news from RTHK. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Design, great interpreter of Beethoven. And by also shy, quiet, and retiring doggy council co founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is a really for adults, it's not really for kids. Good morning. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. Decide for what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. Inter- interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning to you. It is Tuesday, and this is the Morning Brew. Great to be back with you. Tuesday means Jazza Watt's going to be with me after 10.30 for some top Aussie music. And if you're an Aussie, it's a duff-duff alert this morning. If you know, you know. Also, all the news that's fit to broadcast from down under at 11.40. Dr. Merrin Pierce joins us from New Zealand Live today. He's going to be on Facebook Live talking from very near Wellington Zoo, because as we speak, he's having a morning coffee with its CEO. Now, of course, the word zoo has such horrendous connotations these days, but things have changed, especially in Wellington, as we're going to find out. Join him on Facebook Live. And at 12.10, we're off to Melbourne, where biz futurist Morris Mizalowski is going to be talking all about hands off. Well, the timing's right. Will COVID fast-track the development and use of robotic servers and the like in the consumer and restaurant world? Just ask Flippy the robot who Morris met yesterday. Blow my mind, blow my mind. 